Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, business, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Today we will be talking about creating art on the go, Rebecca's upcoming trip to Ireland, and expanding the audience of your work. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello. So I, I rudely interrupted your uh, preparations for Ireland to, oh, to do yeah. a podcast. <laughs> right. The suitcase is being stuffed. Yeah. You were very moment. meticulously putting little bottles of oil paint into plastic bags. Yeah, and exactly. Getting getting all ready to go. And I said, nope, time to create content for That's our listeners. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So it's an ongoing uh, process for a couple of days getting ready. I do. I try to keep it to one suitcase, and I know some people will take two suitcases or ship things if they're going out of the country for a residency or a class. But I find I could usually push the limits of the fifty pounds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a little luggage weigher, and I keep track of that. And then it, there's always a process of elimination. So I go through what you saw me doing was I was going through my colors. Uh, tubes of paint and see what what could I do without, what could I mix, uh, keep the essentials, and uh, try to kick some of the rest of it out. Sure. Because I, I, I weighed it last night and I was too much. <laughs> do you find, is there is there an airline that's uh, better or airlines that are worse in um, terms of the weights? No, and... not really. Most of them internationally have a 50-pound Weight limit is what I found, and they also do one free suitcase. So my solution then is to have the one big suitcase, and then um, you know just to carry on, and a very big purse, which is <laughs> nice. Put all kinds of things in there, but you can't carry on, of course, some of the art supplies. So they need to be in your packed luggage, like the paints. You can't put any solvents or anything flammable in there. So the usual advice is that you put all your art supplies clearly marked in Ziploc bags and you put that on top of your other personal items in the suitcase so that if it does get opened up for inspection, and it very often does, then it's pretty obvious what's there. They don't have to dig through. And I like to think that they they feel appreciative of that and they'll be a little more generous. <laughs> have, you, have you ever had something like explode in a suitcase over the Atlantic? Uh, and The only thing I ever had happen was I had a leaky tube of paint. And I guess I've had that happen more than once. And so it's not a big problem because I put them into little individual snack pack bags so the Ziploc bag so that if it does leak, it's not going to get all over everything. Mm. Then I bag it again in a bigger Ziploc. There was one time I was traveling and I had a, a, a container of hand soap that exploded in a suitcase because of the pressure changes. <laughs> Big mess. Yeah. And I, I actually, I for whatever reason, I was picked out to to get the extra where they go through your suitcase and oh. everything. And uh, and so he had it all opened up and it, I had hand soap on everything in my suitcase. <laughs> and, and he was just picking through things. He, he looked they, totally, he looked totally miserable. And I was like, they yeah. do their job. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah, anyway, I, I often have people ask about shipping things ahead, and international shipping rates have gotten really high, so mm. I would think economically, if you need another bag, you should probably just take another suitcase and pay for that one. Is is there a suitcase brand or a size that, that you like to go with, or you don't need to do any, any brand endorsements <laughs> on the podcast. We'll make them pay for those. Oh, but. right, okay. Well, I, I have the biggest suitcase and the lightest suitcase that I could buy. Okay. And um, so... Do you just go on Amazon and read reviews? Yeah, and... I think I actually went... I think I actually went to a store and bought that one. So I could I could look at it and see that it was, you know, what I wanted. And th- they're making them very light these days. But you do have to consider that the suitcase itself weighs something. So even my big one weighs 11 pounds. So that's 11 out of your 50 has gone just to the suitcase. So, you know, it is an, it is a quite an art to pack. I'm not really very good at packing light uh overall, and I I think when it comes to clothing and things, I'm probably not the greatest at figuring out what I need, but I try to be okay with the art supplies and I I think it's actually kind of an interesting idea that when you're traveling, you can work with fewer supplies. And well, the other the other direction is working with fewer clothes. And <laughs> well, yeah, I don't seem to be as good at that. <laughs> That's a good tip, though. When I go to <laughs> go, trying, trying to lighten that, yeah, find monster. a clothing optional art retreat to go to. <laughs> Travel yeah, tips, n- not at, not in cold and windy Ireland. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, so. Yeah, when I do travel in the winter or the colder seasons, you know, you got to carry the heavy stuff. So, um, but I, I think just in general is kind of an interesting art idea. The the idea that less can be more. That you mm-hmm. you need obviously some essentials, and you need your surfaces to paint on, and you need some supplies. But the idea of trying to come up with ways to use fewer things is is not a bad approach. So I suppose you end up working more on paper and right, right. I, I use uh, two types of paper for my oil and wax painting, which is Arches Oil painting paper and multimedia artboard. And then I also, occasionally over there, I get some uh, linen type of paper. It has a little bit of a weave on it, but it, it gets, soon gets covered with layers of paint, so I don't sure. really notice that part. Well, in my experience with the linen papers is that they tend to be a little bit lighter. Um yeah, it, well, it comes in a block, and so you need you kind of have to haul the whole block if you're going to mm. haul it. But one of the things that I like to get when I'm over there is, you know, to get some supplies from, say, Cork Art Supply that maybe I wouldn't get here, so I can order them when I'm in Ireland. And so, you know, so is, I, it, is I, it an opportunity then to kind of experiment with some new things? Obviously, and... yeah. And then also when you go to a residency. It's interesting what may be left behind by other artists, and I think every residency that I've been to, there'll be a closet or something with some stuff in it that people didn't want to take home. And uh, last year when I got to Bowen Glen, there was things in the studio that had been left behind that really set off a, a series of work because there was oh, some wow. paper there, there was some interesting acrylic medium, it looked like it was from Germany, and um, I had some acrylic paints there, and I don't normally do a lot of acrylic work, but it launched a series of acrylic paintings on paper that 
will be in my exhibit uh, that is being held at Bowen Glen the end of September. Almost like a little lending library for yeah, artists. Yeah, exactly. So I try to leave a few things behind too. And yeah, take one, leave one kind of thing. Yeah. So it's interesting, but that's completely unpredictable, but that can be kind of fun. Well, that's kind of the, the beauty of travel is that it's unpredictable. Right, right. There are so many aspects of travel that no matter how you try to prepare, you will you'll be surprised, hopefully, in pleasant ways. So what is it about Ireland where you keep going back there every year? Well, um, it's definitely the landscape around uh, where I stay. I, I've been to Bowen Glen for, this will be my sixth time. So uh, I've been to two other residencies in, in Ireland as well, but Bowen Glen is in County Mayo, and that is on the west of Ireland. And so the um, the coastline there is very dramatic, and I love that. And there's also these the boglands which surround Valley Castle and a lot of that area. And the boglands are kind of very interesting, mysterious almost because they are mostly water, but you feel like you're walking on ground. They've been built up over centuries of dying plants. And the surface of the bogs, when you see them, are it's a tapestry of interesting plants and lichens and things. So I really enjoy that. And the other part about Bowen Glen is the people. Mm-hmm. You seem to have built up some really positive relationships oh, in Ireland yeah, I love time. I love going back there and seeing um, those two wonderful women that run Bowen Glen. And there are some artists in the area that I've gotten to know a little bit and and then there's always other residents coming through, so people on fellowship there. And so I like to look at the list of who's coming and kind of look them up ahead of time. And it's it's really interesting, the people that you meet. You mentioned on a previous podcast that uh, you met Alan uh, in... Where, where, where did you meet Alan again? Oh, Alan Evans is my agent in Europe. And mm-hmm. I first met him uh, when he invited uh, Don and myself to the Canary Islands. So how did he find you? Online. Online? Yeah. So was it through your Facebook page or your website? or? Um, I think it was probably my website. And I was uh, teaching a lot of classes. This would have been, I think, 2010 that he got in touch with me. And I was just launching my teaching career. So I was promoting my classes pretty heavily. And... Um, so he initially contacted me about taking a workshop, and things evolved from there. And um, so he he is currently my agent in Europe, and he uh, arranged for me to be represented by Gormley's Fine Art in Dublin. So uh, whenever I'm in Ireland, I try to stop in at, at Gormley's, say hello. Try to maintain those relationships with the people who absolutely, represent you. Absolutely. It's important. Those Kind of um, face-to-face interactions are, you know, it's part of the whole thing. It, it, art, in some ways, uh, part of art can be a business, and it is for me. And so the business aspect of just, you know, showing up, chatting, being friendly, that's important. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So part of building a business is those personal relationships and and really selling yourself to the people who are going to uh, be promoting your work. Right. Absolutely. They have to feel comfortable with you and you have to feel comfortable with them. 
And so, so, yeah, one of the ways that I kind of recommend people kind of extend their their own reach with their work is to visit places. So if you're thinking about galleries and, you know, I guess I mentioned Dublin, but, you know, <laughs> that's that's unusual. It's unusual for me. Most of my galleries are in the U.S., all of them except that one. So um, for people listening in the U.S. or wherever you live, to think beyond your immediate area and actually go to places that might be interesting, spend a day or two and go in and meet people. Well, it seems like for you, this kind of started online. You had your website, you were contacting people. The internet is a wonderful tool for contacting people around the world. For sure. Yeah. Um, So moving from kind of an online presence to a more personal relationship. Right. Right. I don't think you... I don't really think you can rely totally on emails, websites, internet stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may get your foot in the door that way. It's a good discovery tool. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I do believe in, in showing up and talking. and Because you, you learn a lot about a gallery and you learn a lot about what what it feels like to be in, in that particular gallery. If people are friendly and welcoming or if... If you walk in cold just to look around and they kind of pick up on the fact that you're an artist, some gallery, some galleries will not really want to talk to you at all because they're afraid you're going to spring a pitch on them or something. But I really feel that they should be friendly to everyone when you come in. And besides which, artists buy work all the time. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like it when, a ga- when I feel that a gallery has turned their back on me because I'm an artist walking in. I'm not going to give them a cold pitch. I I just go in and say hello, and I'll I'll say that I'm an artist looking at galleries, see what they say. Are they friendly? Are they encouraging? Do they make suggestions about how I could apply, or do they just shut me off? And sure. that tells you a lot, you know. So, um, I know that galleries are overloaded with people coming in, and and with online approaches too and I understand that maybe they really aren't looking for anyone but there's a lot in the way that that information is conveyed that it's important yeah absolutely so yeah it's and then you know they get a chance to meet you and see if you seem like a person they could work with that would not come through on a website or anything you know that's face to face sure so have you had any of these experiences that were not very positive that you can talk about um, well, I've definitely been in galleries where I was not welcome mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, people will almost have almost turned their backs on me when I say that I'm an artist, but I feel like it's important to disclose that. I don't want to lead them on and let them think I'm there to purchase. But uh, what I typically do is I'll, I'll look around, I'll be, I'll show some interest in the work if I am truly interested Engage in conversation and then pretty quickly say, admit <laughs> that I'm an artist and that I'm I'm looking around at different galleries. And um, yeah, sometimes that's it. That's the end of the conversation. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's good information to have. I think. Sure. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you get involved with somebody and it seems good at first and then that's true. it kind and of people, falls apart. It, that can definitely happen. And, you know, you can... That's something to be aware of in your personal interactions if you do decide to go forward with a gallery that 
seems to like you and like your work and wants your work, um, you know, the the proof comes down the line, what, what actually happens. And so, you know, it's, it's easy to get pulled in by people that seem, that are very personal. They're sincerely personable and interested in nice people. And yet it may not be a good fit for your work. And you might not see that right away. But I think, I don't know, for myself, I just, I just try to be objective and at, at some point, sit back and say, is this the right place for me? Is this working or is it not working? If it's not working, you know, I try to gracefully extract myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, most of the time it will be working because one of the things that really, really helps sell your work in a gallery is when the gallery person is truly enthusiastic about it. Mm-hmm. And that that's conveyed to their people that come in. On the flip side, if they're taking your work with a sort of a, mm, well, mm, maybe, mm, we'll see, kind of attitude. It's not going to be the first thing that they show to people. No. And, 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 you know, I've had that experience where I would put my work in a gallery where the owner was, or the director was less than enthusiastic, but was sort of giving me a try. Yeah. And those... Those don't work usually. I mean, they really well, don't. And and I, I do, for the listener, I do have experience in art, but I, I have probably more experience at this point in the kind of business and yeah. marketing and sales side of side yeah. of things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're going into a situation where you're selling something, no matter what it is, what you're really selling is yourself. You're trying mm-hmm. to build a personal connection with your customer right. or with your retailer or whoever right. it is. Right. And, and that's really part of the sales process. Mm-hmm. And as, you know, as somebody who's going in and trying to build a relationship with a gallery owner, you're trying to sell yourself and trying True to enough. create a personal connection. Right. And they're trying to do the same thing. Right. So the danger is in getting sucked into them selling themselves as well. That can happen. Yeah. 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 And in the big picture, to keep in mind, it's always a 50-50 relationship. Sure. The galleries need artists, and artists, for the most part, need galleries. I mean, it is. there's a changing scene out there where more and more artists are finding other ways to market their work online, etc. But if you're working with galleries, um, you know, which which I do, most, most all my sales are through galleries, then... I just it, you just have to have a somewhat uh, objective view that it has to work for both parties, and so and and to you know I I am very friendly with the galleries that I work with, and I feel like I work with very good people, but you know it is a business relationship. Have you, have you explored go, kind of doing things on your own? I mean, the internet being what it is and and creating those opportunities for interacting with people directly. Um, I have a little bit. And one of the issues that artists often run into is what do you do with older work Mm -hmm. that comes back to you unsold? Or what do you do with, say, small work that galleries don't necessarily want to deal with because they're not going to make very much money if it's, you know, a $200 painting, a, a little tiny thing, so uh I have both of those situations <laughs> and what I uh the website that I have used is called artworkarchive.com and I 
I have had quite a bit of success with that. And what it allows you to do is not only a database for your work so that you can, you know, enter stuff in there, uh, where is it, dimensions, media, and all those details that you may forget. And then uh, you can also designate certain pieces to uh, put on the public page. And the public page is something that people can access. They can Google. You can promote. And the prices are listed. Many artists, like myself, don't really want to put prices on their regular website, which functions more like a portfolio. Mm -hmm. But Artwork Archive public page is pretty clearly a sales page. And so I've actually sold quite a few small works and a few older works through that page. So I, I often recommend the site. I think it's a good one. Good. And is it kind of similar to your experience with self-publishing then? Uh, what do you mean? Well, it, just the experience of, of kind of handling things on your own. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is there crossover there or? Um, well, I, I think what you say, you're kind of taking a step to outside the system that's in place the system that's in place can be really wonderful, whether it's publishing or the gallery system. But you may find yourself in the position that it's not working for you or you have a particular thing you want to do that will work better if you step outside the system, like sure. I was mentioning with small works. So you have more control. Paper. You do. You do. And what, what you don't have is uh, the reach that galleries have, that publishing companies have. And so establishing your reach, your ways to connect with people and let them know that you have this this available available work or book, that's that's the big step. That's sure. something you build up over time. Well, and then there's also an opportunity cost in that if you're uh, spending time working, doing these things that you've normally outsourced to publishing companies or galleries... Right. This is time taken away from it is. producing art. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a there's a something you have to weigh. How much do you want to take on yourself? How much do you want to hand over to other people? Of course, galleries do take uh, usually 50% of the selling price of the work. So that alone is enough that some artists don't prefer to work with galleries. Mm -hmm. My own take on that is I do like it because... Because of the reach, because galleries can do far, far more to connect with people, to promote your work, to get it out there than I could do myself or most artists can do themselves. And there's a, you know, there's a, there's an ease of it all. All I have to do is make the work, package it up, send it out, keep in touch. And I don't really like selling face to face. That's another whole topic of, say, going to art fairs and things. Sure. Uh, I don't. I'm not comfortable very often with selling my work face to face. So you'd rather focus on on doing the art than I selling would. the art. And I, I'm kind of shy too about. Oh, you want to buy this? You know. It's yeah, like, it's hard enough to get you to to be on a podcast. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. So. Uh, there's a lot of personal factors and business factors that would go into whether you choose a gallery or some other route to sell. But I, I think that, um, you know, just in whatever ways you can think of getting yourself out there, some other things that you can do online might be uh, writing a blog, doing podcasts like this, um, and, um, 
showing up at other people's openings, Mm -hmm. showing interest in other artists. There's a lot of networking that goes on. And I think artists are very often very, very generous at helping one another, making suggestions, and just... um, well, know. and I'm sure that there are gallery. I know that there's issues with having being in in uh, galleries that are in close proximity to each other. Right. But are there gallery owners that have recommended you to other gallery owners in other cities, or um, are there opportunities have come? Not that I know of. Okay. Because I think I think with the internet, even if people don't buy directly on the internet so much. If you're not set up that way, they're still looking at where are you represented and maybe contacting a gallery in another part of the country. So in that sense, I think galleries are probably in, in some competition with each other, even if they're not in the same lo- locality, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, in a way it does. I, my experience in, in kind of business and sales is, is very different um, because... You know, I, I have I have a product that I create and I wholesale to retailers and the retailers have recommended me to other retailers oh, and you know Yeah, I I don't see that really happening yeah. in the art world so much. And I on the other hand, I think galleries are often willing to work with each other when say someone's interested in a painting and it's at a different gallery and they contact a you know, a separate one. Mm-hmm. Maybe the two galleries can work out shipping it back and forth or something like that. I mean, I've definitely had that happen. So there's there's a cooperative spirit as well. But I, sure. you know, I, there's a lot of aspects to the gallery business that I don't really understand. I've, you know, I've never been on that side of it. Yeah, it's kind of a different world. It is a different <laughs> world. Yeah, yeah. But many artists, many galleries are run by people who do art. And so I think they... I think many gallery owners and directors have a real understanding and sympathy for what artists deal with. And, you know, those are the best people to work with. Yeah, absolutely. So have you ever entered into a relationship with a, with a gallery simply to kind of expand your reach, even if you didn't feel like it was a very good fit? Or, I, Yeah, I have. And I, I think, <laughs> you know, I can look back over the last... I don't know. It's been many years since I started working with galleries. And, you know, there have been galleries that seemed promising, but weren't. Mm-hmm. And there were others that probably didn't seem very promising that have actually done pretty well. And I think it's it's always a matter of, do you want to take the, the chance on it, et cetera? And there's also an aspect of, you know, is this is this the right thing for you at the right time? Mm-hmm. And it's there's a lot of decisions that are just hard to make, and yeah, yeah you're going to make mistakes. <laughs> you know, you're going to you're throughout any point in your career, you can end up with a situation that isn't quite right. When you're just starting out, do you think it's better to just kind of go with whatever opportunities come up, or should, or better to be a little bit more discerning about who you? I think I think most artists starting out start fairly locally. Yeah. And, they start with perhaps a co-op gallery or um, art uh, art center or something that's in their area, and that that's or jury shows. Well, it makes it a lot easier to go pick up your work if you need to. Right, and those are those are all you know really good places to start. Mm-hmm. 
And then I think... And shipping is like a whole nother... <laughs> shipping is a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it totally makes sense to start within drivable distance. Yeah, keep things simple and then take yeah. on one step at a time that expansion into and, other and, markets. And and another good starting point is to enter juried shows. Even though you may ship, you have to ship probably because those would be all over the country. Uh, it's usually only one or two pieces. You know, you don't send off a whole show to a juried show. It's going to be, they usually look at maybe three images and pick one or two. So uh, that's a that's a really good way to get started, to get your work out there. Good. So well, tell us a little bit about this upcoming trip to Ireland, what you have planned. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm leaving in a couple of days, and I have uh, about two and a half weeks of what I call my time at Bound Glen, which is my work time, my studio time. And this is uh, something, uh, the first time I went to Bound Glen, I had a fellowship, which meant six weeks of uninterrupted studio time. Since I've begun teaching there, teaching workshops, that is less time. But I always still spend some time there just for myself, just working. And so that's always exciting. So part of my packing decisions right now are about what am I going to work with in that time. And I'm for some reason, I'm inclined right now to think about uh, water-based media and printmaking because I've just finished doing some printmaking down in Chicago. And so I'm packing with that in mind as well as I have to take my oil paints and things for my workshops. So, th so then at the end of September, I have an exhibit that's opening in the gallery there at Ballon Glen. And I'm really just so pleased about this because I love the place. I love the people. And I've been going there a number of years and so last year, the director asked me if I wanted to show when I came back this year. And I said, yeah, absolutely. So I, I did some work while I was there that will be in the exhibit and then some other newer pieces I've done here. And that show will be up through most of October. And then in October, I have two workshops that I'm teaching. So that's pretty much my time. Wow. So are you excited about the opening or opening something oh, yeah. that's a little bit more difficult for you, the... Oh, I, I'm fine with openings. And I think that one in particular, just because I, because it's such a good place for me that I love so much to be there, I think it'll be really nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I tend to be a little bit shy, but I, I think a lot of artists learn to deal with openings. And, well, wine helps. <laughs> wine helps. And just, um, I don't know, it's still hard to approach strangers and say, oh, um, I see you're looking at my painting or, or whatever opening line one chooses. Uh, but usually there's a lot of people that want to talk to you and it, it's okay. It's fun in some ways. I don't mind it. Well, I, uh, I think that that's uh, about it for this episode. I, okay. we, we've covered, we've hit all the topics that good that uh, that we wanted to hit. Um, you can find Rebecca Kroll on Facebook. Make sure you check out uh, www.coldwaxbook.com and rebeccacroll.com. And you can sign up for the email list there to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we will be back again next week with more art and entertainment and uh, garnish of sound advice and a dash of wisdom. In the meantime, uh, in embrace your own creative space. Messy or otherwise. Thank you. 